Lord, as we just gather around your word now, we pray that you would minister to us. We pray that we would know a sense of your presence. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, you promised you'll never leave us and you will never forsake us. Now bless your word to us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Well, it's, it's a real honor to be with you again and renew fellowship with you. And I've, I've just got a wee bit of feedback and the, the monitors we take it down a bit. Thank you. It's great to renew fellowship with you uh, and be here again. And It's nice to come to a place where somebody understands your accent. Uh, and it really is, it really is fantastic. I just want to speak to you uh, this morning, you know, as I was seeking God uh, this morning, last night, and asking what he would want me to preach and what he would want me to say. I feel God's given me a word. Um, I think it will be a word of encouragement. I think it will be a word of challenging. Let me just say as well, if you're here, Pastor Phil's already said, if you can bring any friends tonight, I'm going to be sharing my story, how I was on drugs for 10 years and I'm going to take it from the life of a man called Mesubabeth. And he sent his men out to, to look for a young man who was living in a very bad place and told him, the king is looking for you. That's what we're going to be speaking about tonight. This morning I want to speak to you from 1 Samuel chapter 20. You know, a lot of people here would probably know about the life of David. It's a series in itself. The magnitude of the man's life is phenomenal. For us who have been brought up in church will know and hear loads of stories about the life of David, especially David and Goliath. You hear a lot of, about his life. You may have even been preached a lot about his mistakes and the things that he'd done and we'd be familiar with that. But I want to speak to you about, you know, David's life somewhere in the middle uh, for 1 Samuel chapter 20. I want to talk to you this morning. The title of my sermon is When God's Arrows Go Beyond You. When something in life comes into your life that's totally out of your control, when all your experience, when all your talent, when all your wisdom is not enough to get you through it, when all the strength you can muster up within yourself, with all the other little trials you've been through, but when something comes, it's, and sometimes life brings a why and a what to it, and you know, I can't believe this has happened to me kind of thing because life is life and God's got a way. Sometimes God allows things into our life. He allows it because God's more interested in the work he's doing in you than the work you're doing for him. He's trying to conform us into the likeness of his son. It's not just about singing the songs. It's not just about coming to hear preaching. It's God is trying to conform us into the image of his son. It's like he said, I'm, I'm the potter and you're the clay. And you know, the clay can't tell the potter what to do with it. I mean, I've told God loads of times, God, are you sure you've got this right? I mean, you never even checked it out with me first. How much do you expect one man to take? And I know people who really need this at the moment. And it's definitely not me. Anybody ever been there? But the Christian is a whole different person. The Christian has a different perspective on problems, on life, on death, on tragedies. The Christian's not a natural man. 
He lives a supernatural life. He walks on stuff where other people sink. Because he's been adopted into the family of God. He's been called by God. He's born again. He's become a a new man. He has a different set of attitudes. His life is not just a set of just good morals and good principles and all that's good. No, it's about there's a man. It's about there's a person now came to live inside me. And this person is indestructible. This person is all victorious. Because victory... For the Christian, it's not the absence of trouble. It's not the absence of calamity. It's not the absence of pain. Victory is in spite of that. Or we would just be like everybody else. We would mourn like everybody else. We would moan like everybody else. We would cry like everybody else with no hope. We would say things like, this is the end of my life, like everybody else. But God says, no, I've, I've turned you into something different. You're new born again. You've got my spirit in you. I've given you my word. By the way, this word is not the word of a man. These words are the thoughts of God on paper. This is the heart of God. This is the plan of God. This is the purpose of God. This is God's heart revealing man about his love. This is God's revealing heart about his his purpose. The beginning, the middle, the end, the whole thing. Not the word of some denomination. Doesn't belong to the Baptists, the Pentecostals, the Apostolic, the Prehistorics, nor the other Storics. It's God's word. And it can do what it says it can do. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christian today and crisis comes. If this word is not mixed with faith... We'll just be like everybody else. And David, there's a situation in David's life that I'd like to read to you. First Samuel chapter 20, verse 18. Now, up to this point, David is, was, you know the story, he was a young shepherd boy. He was very faithful when nobody was looking. You know, he, he won some private battles. You know, he killed the lion, he killed the bear. I mean, even when you say that, <laughs> killed a lion and a bear, you know. That's, I mean, I'd love to, he'd love to have seen that fight. <laughs> you know, you don't chase a lion, do you? You think to yourself, I'll get another sheep. <laughs> you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, the bear, maybe the bear heard about it and said, oh, but we kind of let him away with that. Let me, I'll deal with this. And he battled him as well. So he's... he's, he's He's got this private life before there's anything else happening. God's working and dealing. And this, this boy's faithful when nobody's looking. When things that would have mattered, he said, no, I've been put in charge of this. I'm faithful and nobody's looking. And God calls him because there's a man called Saul and he started off really well and so many do. So well. And he started to worry about being a man pleaser and what will people think and not quite obeying God and you know the story, God's rejected him. He said, I've got a man after my own heart. I'm going to get David. And, you know, David kills Goliath. I mean, you think, man, that, that is it. David's going to be king now. God's going to make him king. He's, he's been anointed king. He's been told he's going to be king. He's killed Goliath. You think, this is it. And then we get to 1 Samuel 20, 18. Saul has had jealousy in his heart towards David. 
because as human beings, we get these feelings. You know, in fact, sometimes the only time we don't like praise is when somebody else is getting it. Find it hard to celebrate with people, don't you? Especially when you know everything about them. <laughs> you go, isn't it great? You go to that promotion, you're like, oh, such, such a blessing. <laughs> oh, he's a great guy. Oh, oh, there's nobody like him. Oh, if you knew what I knew. <laughs> but God doesn't work like us. His love is not as variable as ours. And so Saul's after him. He's through spears at him. He doesn't like him. And here it is. He becomes friend with Saul's son, Jonathan. Then it says this. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan made David affirm his oath of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon feast. You will be missed, because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow, towards evening, go to the place and hide. This trouble began, and wait by the stone of Ezeel. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, and though I were shooting at a target, then I will send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on this side of you, bring them here, then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe, there is no danger. Wow. But if the, if the boy looks and the arrows go beyond you, then you must go because the Lord is sending you away. That's important. The Lord is sending you away. And about this matter, you and I discussed, remember the Lord is witness between you and me. And there is times in life when God's arrows go beyond us and life just never went the way we want it. And I don't think there's anything worse when your life is in a spin because it's somebody else's dumb decision and not yours. I think that's the worst of all. Because I can, I can control myself. I can control how I feel. I can control my emotions. I can control my attitude. But when somebody else has made a decision, it spills into my life and throws my world into a spin, I think that's the hardest of all. I think it's hard to keep a right heart. I think it's hard not to want to lay hands on them at great speed. <laughs> I think it's hard to sometimes love your enemies. I think it's really difficult when somebody has said something and puts your family, your friends, your integrity, your relationship and everything into a spin. And that's what was happening with David. Saul was pursuing him. That all this boy wanted, all this man did was love God with all his heart. God really loved him. He made him king, he anointed him. And sometimes we get the whys and what's of life. And you know, I'm sure David was saying to God, I really don't need this. But I want to tell you, friends, sometimes God allows things and sometimes God uses things. But for whatever it comes in or ever how it comes in, it's really not about us. It's about this. How can I bring God glory in this situation? How can I honour God and let the world see that we're made of different stuff, that I have a different spirit? How can I make God attractive to this world when all hell has been less loose in my life? 
Saul was pursuing him. The stone of Ezeel. I mean, we've all stood there. It's a stone of destiny. It's a place in life when there's a crossroads. It's a place of will I get better or better? Will I get revenge or will I leave it to God? Will I walk away or will I stay? You see, this is about the heart. This is not about your talent, your skill, your faithfulness. This, you see, a crisis doesn't make you, it reveals you. And he's at the stone, and we've all stood there. And I'm sure we'll stand there in the future again. It's a crossroads. It's a place where you're making a decision. It's a, it's a, it's a place where you think, what kind of man am I going to, or young man, or young woman, or old man, or old woman? How do I want to die? What's the crossroads when something comes into your life? What kind of man do I want to be? What has God promised me in this situation? And David was going to be a fugitive because of this for the next 12 years. A fugitive, a quiet boy, or a quiet man. Let me put it that way. A man who was tending sheep and all of a sudden he's whirled, he's threw into a battle. You think, God, are you sure you got this right? I mean, I was, I was better off looking after the sheep. Because the Bible has nowhere promised that the Christian will not have battles will not know pain, will not know suffering, will not know shipwrecks or hardships. No, there's nowhere it says that. But Psalm 25.10 says, all the paths of God are loving kindness. Amen. But it's difficult to see it when you're in a spin. Life's hardships. And sometimes when God's arrows go beyond us, or when God's arrows land in front of us, it's great, isn't it? Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God to whom all blessing flows. Oh, let me church on Sunday. Oh, wait, I tell her. Oh, have I got a testimony for you tonight? The arrows have landed in front. Everything's going to be okay. Saul won't persecute me. I'm going to become king. It's just all worked out great. And it's easy. It's brilliant. You think, I can't believe it. And you get people, there's nothing worse when you're in a spin and that's happening to everybody. Oh, you won't believe what happened last night. I was short of 10 pound. I made myself a slice of toast, cut it in half. There it was, the 10 pound. <laughs> Oh, I was just clapping the dog, and there it was, 50 euro. Couldn't believe it. And you're like, that's great. And then there's people who are blessed, happy, and prosperous. And then there's me. <laughs> Is it just me it feels like that? Does anybody know what I mean? I want to celebrate with you. I'm glad you found 10 pound in the toast. <laughs> but to be honest with you, and I think we should celebrate that. I actually think we don't celebrate enough with each other. We don't go, well done, that's fantastic. I'm glad you've gone further than me. I'm glad, bless you. I'm glad you're prospering. It's a joy. There's something about celebrating. It just exuberates you. It's something about it. It's just fantastic. Look for something to celebrate with people. And if you can't find anybody to celebrate with you, buy a cupcake, put a candle in it, go into your room and praise God for what he's doing in your life. I know somebody who did that once. <laughs> oh, when they land in front of you, it's fantastic. Everything you touch is gold. How did you get over the illness? Healed. Wow. Wow. 
You're joking. No, doctors, all clear. The lump's gone. But when the arrows go beyond you, he's trusting you with something. It's really precious. Have you considered my servant Job? I've asked God, the next time you have a fight with the devil, do not mention my name. <laughs> he's only serving you for what you've done. He's only serving you for the riches he's got. He's only serving you for the blessing. He's only serving you because all the arrows have landed in front of him. Try putting them beyond him. Sometimes the arrow goes beyond you and it says on it, Serious illness. You think, wow. You've prayed. And they don't come through. The death of a loved one untimely. Or a child. You think, no. <laughs> Financial hardships. You walk down the aisle with somebody and think it's going to be your partner the rest of your life and then they make a decision and it turns you into a spin you think wow let's try and make this work no I'm leaving that's it and the arrow goes beyond you it's then we need to trust God's word and exercise our faith do not look for an explanation but keep seeking his faith because sometimes we don't get one. And it's only going to be on that side of eternity that some things will be revealed. And God's saying, will you still trust me when you can't trace me? Because that's what it's like on the potter's wheel, isn't it? You ever seen a potter's wheel? Sometimes you see him. Then you don't. Then you see him again. And then you don't. And it seems like such a long time. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all your ways and he will. He will. He will with all certainty and all conviction. He will direct your paths. Job could say in the midst of it, God gives some incredible words. I'm not there yet, but I want to get there. I've read in the Bible of men who are there and the most extreme arrows that went beyond them, buried their children, businesses corrupt, uh, businesses broken. God gives, God takes away. And you go, people run about them saying, curse God and die. Where is God now? But I want to tell you, when did your God die? Because our God is alive and he's alive forevermore. And the promises are ye and amen. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I started a work in you and I will see it through to the end. I was there when you were born. I'll be there when you die. But it all depends on your heart. It depends on your attitude. I know my Redeemer lives. Wow. Wow. K 
Caleb. Some people come back with a bad report, negative, and that poor guy needs to do another 20 years. I'd have been like, I'm off. You can get them out in your cell. I am not losing my destiny because of that bunch. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> God's still working in me. <laughs> but no, 20 years later, he said, no, do you know what? I've been through some stuff in 20 years. You talk about arrows going beyond you. I could have been in there 20 years ago. You don't hear him go and see them, their family, and the rest of them. He says, Joshua, God's word is the same to me today as it was 20 years ago. It's not diminished an inch. I'm taking that mountain. And he got it. <laughs> he wasn't sitting on the hard soul of their life, bitter and twisted, and the world driving bygone. He used to be a Christian. Well, that's just a great... I'm no mocking them. Oh, no. No. We need love back. But why would you want to sit on there when you can be living in victory for what Christ has done for us? You see, when you forgive somebody, you release somebody, yourself. See, God wants to polish you. I actually think, I think, I think, there's been times in my life, you see, I've been on some journey, and I'll tell you, there was one point in my life I wasn't fighting off forgiveness. I was almost fighting off murder against somebody. I remember being in a room kneeling doing, I think, I'll tell you, my heart was, it was not good. I said, God, this is not fair. This is definitely not fair. You see, because I actually care about my reputation, but I cared about it too much. And I was saying, God, use my life, use my life. I used to preach a message called Hurry Up and Die. And I'll tell you, it came back on me that day. And God said, this is a great chance now for you to hurry up and die. And he said, no, he said to me, I'm only answering your prayer. You asked me to use your life. I said, I know, but I didn't expect it. Because I'm, I'm an ex-drug addict and I've got my face on a book and I've done everything. I've been through it all already. He goes, you need this, son. This is going to make you into a leader with a good heart. Because I'll tell you, there's nothing worse than a leader with a bad one. It infects destroys, divides, it limits. But a leader who's been through some stuff and can still say, no, Romans 28, all things. Can you say all? All. I know you've probably heard it a thousand times, but all in the Greek means all. And because I've went an extra mile, it means it in the Hebrew as well. <laughs> oh. How's your heart this morning? What are you like when the arrows go beyond you? God wants to polish you. This is the last I'll say and then we'll pray. Wouldn't it be a good thing when the arrows go beyond you? Wouldn't it be a good thing 
if you drew close to God, if it was just for that, wouldn't the crisis, the train wreck, the arrows going on you, wouldn't it be a good thing if it was just to make you draw close to God and you go, God, and God goes, I'm glad you're back. Wouldn't it be a good thing if it just brought us near to God? Wouldn't it be a good thing if God says, you know, you've been depending on your own strength, or you've been faithful, or you've been great, but I'm weaning you off yourself and your own self-reliance, and I can do it, and I shall not be moved, and I'm going to get through this. God said, I'm just bringing you to a place. I'm going to wean you off yourself. I'm going to wean you off with the help of man even sometimes can't reach you. I'm going to win you off this world. I'm going to win you off your talent, your own wisdom, back to the place where you think, God, if you don't get me through this, I'll never come through. And that's when the Holy Ghost comes in. That's when the comforter comes in. That's when he comes and comforts us. That's when he speaks a word. If God be for you, who can be against you? Oh, I don't know. Come on. I mean, you're Irish. Is anybody in the mood for a fight? If God be for you. And nothing better, is it? When you know you've got your big brother behind me and you're like, who are you talking to? Because you know you've got backup. I remember I was in school once and there was this guy annoying me and I went, shut up, slap. I'll tell you, his brother came round the corner. I was like, oh, help me, Jesus. <laughs> and God says, you don't have the power to overcome this. You don't have the strength. But I've given you my spirit. Not a set of principles and a set of truths. I've actually given you a person who lives inside you. He's going to be your helper. He's going to be your encourager. He's going to get you through every storm. He knows my mind. He'll tell you the mind of Christ. He'll give you encouragement. He'll help you pray when you've got groans and you can't even utter words. Your heart is between the rage and choosing good things. So this morning, I want to say to you, when the arrows go beyond you, Trust God when you can't trace him. Look at the principalities and powers and say, no, I may not be able to trace him. I can't see him. But God has told me, and I'm sure David said that, he anointed me king when he told the disciples, you're going to the other side and a storm came. Don't forget God's word. God, it says in Jude, now to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the throne, keep a good heart. Keep a good heart. And when the arrows go beyond you, say, God, you're either going to use it or you're in it. But I'm going to trace you when I can't can't find you. I love you, God. I know. Paul said, I am persuaded. And it took a man through his whole life. And I pray this morning, you lift your heart to God and say, cleanse it, refresh it. Um, I believe again that even this, that the tapestry of life, that you are doing something marvelous not for me just to have a great life that people will look in and say there must be a God because all this must bring glory to God in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.